This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Jumping off a sinking ship. Yes, finally, uh, Democrats, some de- a Democrat is bailing out on the uh, Biden uh, war machine. Tulsi Gabbard, the lovely Tulsi, uh, uh, just announced she's leaving the Democrat Party. This is a former Bernie bro. This is a former far left liberal, but she doesn't want to be uh, part of this uh, <laughs> pending world war. And she calls out her fellow Democrats, her former fellow Democrats, who are all pounding, beating the war drum uh, today. Uh, it, and the insanity continues. Um, the Biden administration, you know, in preparation for uh, World War Three, announces that uh, trans women, they're, uh, no, wait, wait. Yeah, trans women aren't really women. Trans women are men, and they will be drafted into the military, I guess. I guess they're giving up on the trans women are women because uh, women aren't getting drafted, but trans women are. If we ever get to that point, the New Yorker has a puff piece on John Fetterman and buried and uh, what, what a working class hero he is and what, how he connects with the regular guy buried deep in the piece. They point out that he couldn't do, couldn't have a conversation. They couldn't talk to him. They had to type the questions on a computer screen because he has difficulty understanding the spoken word. Yeah, that guy sounds sounds ready for the Senate. Sharon Osborne wants her money back from Black Lives Matter. Oh, what a stupid woman. What a sucker. She gave 900000 to help the leaders of Black Lives Matter buy more mansions and uh, renovate their their mansions. Uh, I'm sorry, Sharon, you, you don't deserve your money back. Another worst call ever in the NFL last night. It's amazing. The, the, the call on Brady, the roughing the passer from Sunday that lasted one day. This was worse last night. And a couple of uh, NFL experts chime in on uh, the latest news. Uh, Shalise Manzi Young thinks it's a uh, racist for uh, a interim coach to be black in Carolina. It's always the the black guy who's the interim coach, I guess. I don't know. We can uh, read you that. And Tiffany Cross of MSNBC says, watching Tua get hit and get concussed is is, is typical of the NFL. A white coach sending a black player out there to get beaten up. Only problem is it wasn't a white coach or a black player. But, hey, we don't want to nitpick too much uh, on my poor Tiffany Cross. We'll get into that and lots more. Today's Callahan show brought to you by Bastion Pens. Uh, we're excited to introduce our newest sponsor, Bastion Bolt Action Pens. If you're the type of person who prefers good old-fashioned pen and paper to digital note-taking, you want a pen that performs. That's why I'm thrilled to have Bastion Pens as a sponsor because they're designed in the USA to last a lifetime. The Bastion Executive Bolt Action Pen combines the highest quality materials and modern design with fine-tuned craftsmanship to create a winning instrument that is as luxurious as it is practical. They have several material options to choose from, including carbon fiber, stainless steel, aluminum, and titanium. No matter which material you go with, the pens are strong enough to break through glass or be used as a self-defense instrument in case of an emergency. Seriously. Uh, The bolt action mechanism is extremely satisfying. It's even fun to fidget with, to play with, just click with. Well, to help brighten your legacy, Bastion Pens has a special offer for listeners of The Callahan Show. Use promo code JERRY at checkout and get 20% off your entire order. That's promo code JERRY, G-E-R-R-Y, for 20% off. Just go to bastionboltactionpen.com or click the link in our social media bio. Uh, I say this all the time. Imagine how much different the world would be, the country would be, if Joe Biden, in a in a moment, a brief moment of political genius, had instead of picking Kamala Harris, oh, we got some Kamala sound too. We'll get to that. Kamala, she she provides for us each and every day. What a moron! Uh, instead of picking Kamala, if he had picked, if he had chosen Tulsi Gabbard, a woman of color, a Hindu woman, a hardcore Democrat, a very liberal. Uh, Congresswoman before she uh, left Congress, if he had chosen her as a running mate, first of all, she can put a sentence together, which is something different. She's not a total airhead. And secondly, she's an independent thinker. She's a, she's, she's a renegade. She doesn't, she's been to war. She's been in the military and she doesn't like 
this uh, this movement toward World War III. I find it amazing just watching the news, talking to people that nobody seems to be even phased by our our uh, senile commander in chief talking to donors, not the country, not the people, not the military, but donors and telling them we are uh, close to Armageddon. I believe this was a uh, private function. There's no video, but there's plenty of uh, secondhand accounts of him. I believe in New York the other day on Friday saying we have not been this close to nuclear war since 1962. So 60 years ago, during the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis, we were close to a uh, war against the Soviet Union. Well, we're back at that point. And, and the president, I assume, said it incoherently and stumbled and bumbled, but told the group that uh, we're, we're close. We're close. And what's the response to most people, including most politicians, including every damn Democrat? Yeah, whatever. Putin bad. Zelensky good. Putin bad. We must stop him. Wait, wait, wait. The president just said we're close to nuclear war, which would mean hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of dead Americans. Yeah, well, Putin bad. Putin launched missiles. You know, Putin hit a playground and, and killed some kids. Okay, we all agree. Putin bad. Everybody agree. Raise your hand if you think Putin is bad. Okay, I, I, I agree. Putin is bad. Good. Ironhead's hand is up if you're just listening. We all agree. Putin is not a nice man. We don't want to, we don't want to meet him and hang out with him. We don't trust him. We think he is pure evil. How is it a good idea to say, you know what? We're going to, we're going to escalate this war effort. We're going to send more weapons, send more advisors, and maybe at some point boots on the ground because Putin is so bad and we must protect Ukraine's borders. We can't have them annexing the Donbass region. We don't care about our borders, but God damn it. We care about Putin's borders and everyone just goes about their business. Say nice fall weekend. Yeah. Oh, who's, who's, uh, who's the, who are the Patriots playing this week? Jeez. What's on Monday night football. Oh, should we go apple picking or take a hike or walk the dog? Gee, did you hear the president said we're close to Armageddon? We're close to nuclear war. Where are all the uh, uh, conscientious objectors out there? Where are all the sensible people? Again, I remind you that each and every time they, they take a vote on escalating the war effort or just take a survey, every single Democrat and most Republicans, sadly, are all in. I mean, people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and uh, Ayanna Presley, they're all in on the war effort. You want to send another 50 billion? Let's do it. More missiles, you know, more, more guns, more bombs, uh, whatever. Yes, we're in it. Putin bad. I guess I should, I, I should understand this because the president is so incompetent. He's so incoherent. He's so compromised that people don't take what he says seriously. I don't take what he says seriously. I mean, there's a hilarious piece, by the way, in the New York Times today. We can get to it, although I can't read it because you need a subscription, but there are plenty of excerpts out there on social media about how Biden lies. He has this habit of embellishing stories, but you know, it's kind of charming. And of course, Trump lied more. <laughs> So, so the New York Times, who has done who have done more to support this empty husk of a president than any media than anybody, they want they, they admit he's a liar. He lies about his past. He lies about his biography. But the last guy, he was really bad. Just just insane. It's been almost two years. It's two years ago. Next month, we are four weeks away. Today, four weeks away from an election. For a, to, to bring in a whole new Congress and hopefully a new Senate, but we still can't get over the fact that the last guy was just so bad. <laughs> I wonder we'll, if we'll ever reach that point a year from now, two years from now, maybe 10 years from now that the, me, that the media who are obsessed with Trump will, settle, will, will eventually move on and say, let's judge this guy on his merits. Okay, the guy in office right now is a buffoon who lies about everything. Unfortunately, I don't think he was lying about being on the brink of nuclear war. 
it is, I don't know why there aren't, why everybody, why, I mean, if you're a liberal, aren't you supposed to be, you know, for peace, man? Aren't you supposed to be against war? I don't know. Aren't you supposed to be against World War Three? Why aren't there a thousand voices saying this is crazy? Uh, again, I reiterate, as far as I can see, there are two prominent voices. Well, I'll add Tulsi Gabbard today. Uh, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and Tulsi Gabbard. The only ones I hear screaming, begging for diplomacy, begging for some kind of peace negotiation. That's the only way this ends without, without millions or say hundreds of thousands of dead, including maybe some dead Americans. I mean, you have to sit down and talk. You have to work this out. You have to say, let's, let's discuss where the border should be. This region, this Donbass region has lots of people loyal to Russia. Okay. We'll, we'll give them this part and keep this part and we'll never join NATO. And, and Putin will, will uh, vow to lay down his nuclear arms, but you don't hear that. All you hear is we must win, win the, the, I heard the, um, I don't know what she is, president or prime minister of the Netherlands. They, they, they tend to elect some, you know, fine looking ladies over there into those uh, positions of prominence. And she was asked, what does, you know, what does the outcome look like? She says, win, victory, victory. What the hell is victory over Russia? Victory over Russia includes, I don't know, a few nuclear strikes. I mean, it includes, you know, a world war. That's what it looks like. You're not going to get Putin to surrender and say, ooh, they blew up my bridge to Crimea. I guess I'm out. Let's wave the white flag and all move on. That is not going to happen. You need voices like Tulsi Gabbard. And I don't even know what she's gunning for. I used to think she wanted a spot on Fox News, you know, maybe that midnight show or weekend show, but. Maybe she has bigger plans. Maybe she will be running in 2024 as something, as a Republican, as an independent, as I don't know what. Maybe, you know, maybe she'll just be out there, be campaigning, be a kingmaker, make a lot of money on the speaking circuit. Maybe she'll, you know, whatever, write another book and get rich. I don't know. But here's Tulsi Gabbard. And the thing that strikes you is she was a Democrat till, till yesterday but she can actually put a sentence together. She actually sounds like she's familiar as is comfortable with the material contrast this woman. And I'm not just talking about looks cause she looks fine, but contrast the thoughts. She actually has thoughts. She's thought this through uh, compared to the absolute bubblehead who we have in the vice president's uh, office now. I mean, it's just, the contrast is stunning. And I know Joe Biden had, Two requirements for his running mate. She must, her, her ancestors must have come from somewhere else. Must have, she must be, I was going to say African-American, but Kamala's ancestors are from Jamaica. Um, she must be a woman of color, a woman of color, which I believe Tulsi Gabbard is, and she must have no penis, which is, I'm pretty sure Tulsi Gabbard has no penis. Those were the two requirements. It didn't, didn't require any intellect, any brains at all, as we see. But how different would the world be if this woman were vice president? First of all, you would say, okay, when Joe Biden is finally done, when they send him home to, uh, to, to, to Delaware and tuck him in and give him his, uh, his, his ice cream with the little sprinkles on top and, and just put him to bed forever, just put him out of our misery, then she could step in and we could have a president who could actually speak, who could actually think. And I would disagree with her on 90% of the things she did, but at least she'd feel like you had an adult in the room. But anyway, she put out, is this, what, what was this on Twitter, Instagram? Where did she make this announcement? Uh, it looks like a podcast. Oh, a podcast. Yeah. Well, that's a good, good move by Tulsi. Get the podcast out there. Tell everyone here's the big announcement, but she made this announcement yesterday. And uh, uh, I mean, she's been moving this way for a long time. She's been speaking out against the war. But just listen to her and say, where's everybody else? This woman makes so much sense on the war and the, the possibility of the escalation of the war and the America, uh, America's involvement in the war. Why aren't there more? I mean, I, I was too young, but I'm pretty sure when uh, Vietnam was raging, when, when uh, you know, JFK and LBJ were getting us into the war, deeper and deeper into the war in Vietnam, there were voices out uh, speaking out against it. This is a much, much bigger deal. Uh, you know, the Viet Cong didn't have nukes. This is Russia and nobody, which they know hardly anybody aside from, you know, uh, talk show, you know, Tucker Carlson or 
you know, the talk show hosts, um, podcasters, how many people of import, how many, how many celebrities, you know, celebrities are all liberal. They hate war. Celebrities are going over to Ukraine. You know, you had Ben Stiller going over to Ukraine. You had U2, you had Randy Weingarten, the head of the teachers union going over to Ukraine and vowing limitless support for Zelensky. Today, the G7 is meeting in London and you know what they're doing? They're reiterating, reinforcing their commitment to Zelensky and Ukraine to win the war, the unwinnable war. And hardly anybody says, let's think this through. Let's, let's, let's talk peace. It's amazing. That is a radical idea right now that you, you talk, you even mention having peace talks and you're a Putin puppet. You're a Putin apologist. I do it. I do it on Twitter and immediately, you know, I get five or six responses in the first minute saying, well, so how long have you been a Putin apologist? Why are you rooting for Russia? And you go, what? I don't want my son drafted or my a uh, transgender woman, a transgender daughter. I don't have one, but if I did, I wouldn't want her drafted into the military to fight for Ukraine. What? I mean, simple question. What is the vital American interest? There is none. All you hear is Putin must be stopped. Okay. Let's negotiate a settlement. He takes part of this and they get this and, and he stopped for now, you know, maybe, Maybe you take steps, you know, that, uh, diplomatically to, to, to prevent this from happening again. Maybe you hope somebody in Russia you know, knocks him off or somehow ousts him. But the idea that you want to escalate, want to increase the U.S. involvement because Putin's a bad guy. Hell, there's lots of bad guys, lots of dangerous bad guys. I don't want one American life, life sacrificed for the Ukraine border for for this corrupt ukrainian government it's just madness but anyway let's get to tulsi let's get you know i hate to say this i know what you're going to say i need you to say she's fine and she is but i've talked about this before and i'm told that that, uh, they do the barbara walters thing they alter the picture and she's not quite as uh, attractive in person that's what i'm told but uh, now we're nitpicking here yeah that's true we're nitpicking and you know again we're comparing her to kamala or to uh, Liz Warren or Amy Klobuchar, she seems almost like a TV, you know, a movie TV, a movie uh, politician, a movie senator, president, whatever. Mm. But if you had her in the White House with Biden right now, and Biden would be wandering off and, you know, stumbling (laughs) around and shaking hands with imaginary people, you would feel somewhat reassured that an adult was at least in the administration. That ain't happening, as we will show you with the with the latest. Kamala Harris went on with Seth Meyers. Now, I understand Seth Meyers is a shameless stooge for the administration, a brainless lemming for all things Biden and, and, and Democrats. But why are you putting Kamala Harris on the late night talk show circuit? She can't handle anything. She can't handle sitting down with young Actress, actors and actresses, child actresses who, who pretend to talk to her about space and looking at the moon. And she can't handle anything. She can't handle one-on-one with a stooge like Seth Meyers. We'll play a, a, a cut from that, which was. You didn't like, you, you didn't like her uh, Venn diagram. Um, oh, Venn. She, she loved this past weekend. Here's, and I don't even know what Venn diagrams were, the things with the circles. And she's talking about how much she loves Venn diagram and just laughing. Hysterically, get that cut too. We'll get to Kamala, but only because we want to show the contrast of you Democrats, what you could have had. You could have had somebody who thinks for herself, somebody who's been in the military, and somebody who wants to prevent World War III. What a novel concept. Let's listen to Tulsi give double birds, give the double middle fingers to the Democrat Party. Go ahead. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, 
who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Yeah. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. <laughs> All right. All right. We're with you, Tulsi. I mean, look at that. I know it's recorded and she has a script, but do you think either our president or vice president, or by the way, our next uh, uh, junior senator from uh, Pennsylvania, do you think any of them could do that? Just speak that clearly, sound that sensible, call out the quote, elitist cabal of warmongers, because that's what we have in this country right now. An elitist cabal of warmongers who will never step in harm's way, who will never send their kids to fight for the Donbass region. No, no, that won't, won't be any of uh, Joe Biden or none of Mitt Romney's 73 grandsons will be in the Donbass region with their boots in the mud fighting the, the, the world's largest nuclear power, you know, to save President Zelensky's uh, <laughs> tyrannical uh, uh, Ukrainian government. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's the big news today. Tulsi Bales. I'm not sure she's going to lead a movement because I don't hear any other Democrats, even on the fringe, that were screaming about Biden's dangerous. I mean, it's one thing. It's to be dangerous and senile at the same time is truly frightening. I hope people. I hope you know the the, the silent majority out there are frightened as I am because you don't hear from them. You don't see them. It's just. Yeah, whatever. He's he's senile. He doesn't know what he's saying. He said we're on the brink of nuclear war, but uh, he didn't really mean it. Read the New York Times. He's known for embellishing things. He's a liar. He lies about everything. See if I can find that headline on the on the New York Times. It's kind of hilarious. Again, I I I can't uh, I can't read it because you got to be a uh, a subscriber and I'm not, but the New York times wants you to know that he lies a lot, but Hey, he's just like a, a, a kindly old grandpa that makes up stories about the olden days. Do you have that headline? A lot of people were tweeting. I, I, I tweeted it out, but uh, anyway, let's uh, do what we do every day. Let's show you the contrast. Let's show you uh, the person who got 81 million votes as vice president, a person who, was such a bad candidate for president. She never even made it to the primaries. She dropped out before New Hampshire. She never made it to California, her home state, where she was polling at less than 1%. She bowed out. That person was selected by Joe Biden to be on his ticket because she's a woman of color. Uh, and a, She's a woman and a woman of color. That's it. The worst identity politics hire of all time except maybe Corinne Jean-Pierre, but at least Corinne Jean-Pierre, she'll be gone in six months. Kamala Harris will be around. Uh, she'll be around when Joe Biden checks out in the next two years. But do we have, uh, what do we have Kamala with Seth Myers? I do, but I just wanted, this is a quick little clip. I wanted to compare it to the Tulsi one. It's a 15 second, um, her infatuation for Venn diagrams. I feel like people need to hear this. Oh, this is good. This is good. Honest to God. And it's, and she just, she thinks it's so funny. Just well, I don't even, what's the fun? I mean, I, I guess I know why Seth Myers invites her on because he knows he'll get a laugh because she'll laugh at anything, even <laughs> if it's not really a joke. So yeah. Seth could get, he needs all the laughs he can get. So he has her on, but uh, I didn't even know what a, the, that you called that thing, a Venn diagram. I don't care, but she's fascinated. Like a, you know, kind of like a child, you know, kind of like a simple child still learning things and, fascinating when they see like a, a bird on the branch or, or a flower or they blow a dandelion and the little things go up and they, Ooh, that's Kamala. That's Kamala. Shiny movie up moving objects or Venn diagrams fascinate her. Let's listen. 
Leata, so to your point, I early on asked my team, uh, well, let me just say, I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> I really love Venn diagrams. You know, the circles, right? Three usually. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. What the hell? You can be, I understand, you're really, really vapid. You're dumb. And Venn diagrams with circles, they fascinate you. But why is that funny? Why? Why is that funny? I understand it's odd. It's weird. You like Venn diagrams? Why is it funny? Why are you laughing, you absolute airhead? (sighs) But she's making the rounds. I'm not sure what the point of this is. Normally, if you had a competent vice president, you would send her out on the campaign trail, but you have neither a competent president nor a competent VP. So they're both in hiding for the most part. They're not campaigning. Most of the Democrats who are in tight races are like holding up, you know, splashing holy water to keep these, these people away from them. Uh, they are a curse and nobody except Fetterman. Who, who, I think he brought Biden to Pennsylvania so you can compare it to trash. You could say Fetterman's not really with it, but at least he's not as bad as Joe Biden. We'll get to Fetterman. God, the story in the in New York Magazine, New Yorker is, I mean, New York Magazine is just amazing. But let's listen to Kamala first. I don't even know what's, what, what, when is Seth Meyers on, like midnight? I thought it was like I mean, 1230 to 130 maybe. Does anybody watch it? I mean, I've never even, even when I stay up late on weekends or like Friday nights, I don't even think, let's see what Seth Meyers, I have trouble really dumping on him. I mean, I can't stand him. He's a, he's a liberal and he's, he's not funny, but he once donated a hundred grand to the Jimmy fund during my show during the Jimmy fund radio thoughts. I can only be so critical of Seth Meyers a hundred G's. I mean, I realize it was going to charity regardless, but you know, he gave it to us during my show so I, I i have a soft spot for him even though he sucks let's listen to uh kamala with seth i believe last night go ahead but i mean truly when you you know when you see our kids and i truly believe that they are our children they are the children of our country of our communities i i mean our future is really bright if we if we prioritize them and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address it. Jesus Christ. Oh, can I just say, you know, I have no tolerance for the climate crisis, but you're talking about the climate crisis when your president said three days ago, we were on the brink of nuclear war. When we see the carnage in Ukraine, you know, our missiles being fired at Russia, Russia peppering these, uh, these Ukrainian uh, cities. And, and we're talking about the, and then you get the Southern border wide open. You got inflation, runaway inflation, gas and grocery prices and crime in the streets. Can these people shut the hell up about the climate crisis for just, I don't know, six months. Can we do that? Can we take a moratorium on your fear mongering, telling us we're all going to die? It feels so out of place. It feels like you're talking about climate crisis. It feels like something, you you know, you should maybe study in a classroom or whatever. You can read a book about it if you'd like. I mean, you're not going to find one that tell you the truth, but the idea that in the middle of all the issues we have right now in America, in, in the world, and you're going to go off on this friggin' climate crisis with Seth Myers, who probably, you know, I don't even know what he followed it up with. Oh, let's talk more about the climate crisis. What do we do about the climate crisis? Oh, these people, climate crisis. Uh, but that's your uh, vice president. And that's what could have been if Joe Biden had any balls or any brains. He could have had Tulsi Gabbard. And wouldn't it be, uh, you know, appropriate if uh, you said we disagree on some things, you know, we disagree on some foreign policy issues, but you know, I, I appreciate the feedback from my vice president and you didn't all walk, walk in lockstep, but apparently not. Apparently not. That's uh, all right. One more thing about world war. I, I sent you the headline uh, of the uh, New York times article that I can't read. I'm sorry. I, I don't subscribe. I can't subscribe. I don't care if I had a billion dollars, I wouldn't subscribe. Uh, and um, I'll, I've seen excerpts. The New York Times wants you to know Joe Biden lies, but it's not. It's the kind of cute lies, you know. They're fun lies. They're they're folksy lies. They're not really bad, evil lies like the last guy used to tell. Uh, but 
this 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 story makes me laugh. There it is. Headline of the New York Times today. Biden storyteller in chief spins yarns that often. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine two, two years ago, two and a half years ago, three years, four years ago, them saying Trump storyteller in chief. You know, Trump lied about his golf score and his handicap. He lied about the crowd size at, at a rally. Oh, storyteller in chief spins yarn that often unravel. President Biden has been unable to break himself of the habit of embellishing narratives to weave political identity. That is unbelievable. There's a guy who lies about everything. He's an insecure, needy old man. There's a guy who says he was raised as a Puerto Rican and as a Jew and then drove an 18 wheeler and had a, a battle with a corn pop. It just lies. Corn about pop was a bad dude. And the New York Times, the official mouthpiece of the administration, says he's the storyteller in chief who spins yarns. Imagine him saying Donald Trump spins yarns <laughs> that often unravel. God, they are shameless whores. They are just shameless, common night walkers. That's what these people in the New York Times are. Let me start no. off with two words. Made in America. <laughs> oh, made in America. We got this story. This story makes me laugh. This is from uh, the post millennial from yesterday. The Biden administration's requirements for who must register for selective service in the event that there's a draft includes those persons that identify as transgender, but are born male quote, almost all male U S citizens and male immigrants who are 18 through 25 are required to register with the selective service. And that includes males who identify as transgender U S citizens or immigrants who are born male and change their gender to female are still required to register. Uh, um, uh, says the guidance on requirements from the selective service system. That is unbelievable. Trans women are women, says Joe Biden, says the Biden administration, says the Kamala, you name it. The whole administration, trans women are women, except if we go to world war, we need to draft people into the military. Then uh, you're going to have to, uh, uh, you're going to have to sign up girls. I mean, boys, I mean, girls, uh, <laughs> I wonder uh, if this has upset anybody, any of the uh, trans uh, activists, but I'm sure it has uh, the the selective service. uh, I got to get this uh, tweet. The selective service tweeted out the, they said the, even if you're the last son to carry the family name or the sole surviving son, you must register with selective service. That's the U S military, the selective service. What, why, Where does that come from? Did anyone think if you had only one son, he was going to be exempt from the draft? Does anyone think if he was the last member of your, of your bloodline that he was exempt from the draft? It's almost like they're rubbing it in. We can take your child. If you, uh, if we want to, if we go to war, we could take your son and he could die for Ukraine. God, I think the, I always look at the bright side. I look at look the upside Stuff like this opens your eyes. People in our federal government are in, they're just out of control. They're power drunk lunatics tweeting out that even if you're the only son and the last son in the bloodline, you must register for the draft. Oh, really? Jeez, I thought, thought we were cool. I thought we were good because, you know, I only have daughters and one son. I thought you'd be okay. Who thinks that? Anyway. All right, let's get to it. We got so much more to get to. I want to get to the NFL stuff, which is great. And uh, we got to get to Sharon Osborne, the, the absolute moron who donated 900 grand to BLM. Jesus, I feel so bad for her. But uh, let me do Shay and then we'll get to all that and more. First, let me tell you about Shea Concrete. Let me tell you what Shea could do for you this fall. This is a great idea. You want to do your home and pro- home improvement project this fall? Couldn't be easier. Get yourself some Shea Concrete precast concrete steps installed in your home, whether you're building a new home or remodeling an, or replacing an old staircase. 
Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, or you can customize with stone or brick. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. They can remove the old stairs and have, a, have you walking up your new front steps in a matter of hours. When they're done, you'll have a great looking front entrance that will add value to your home. This is an investment, not an expense. This is going to improve the value of your home. Uh, with one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll be walking up your brand new front entrance. All the neighbors will be jealous. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at shakeconcrete.com. And while you're there, maybe you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions available. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I, I don't know what the fascination, I thought this the other day, Fox, Fox, Fox Nation did a whole documentary on Sharon Osbourne. Is it me or is she just not that interesting? I, I mean, they have plenty of interest. Tucker does these documentaries, which are fascinating. Uh, he's got a new one now on the end of men, the, the decline of testosterone in men and the lack of, and the, the end of, you know, toxic masculinity and how it's, it spells trouble for this country, this world. They did a documentary on Sharon Osborne. Who thinks she's that interesting? She got kicked off that talk show that nobody ever watched. Uh, she got screwed, no question. But lots of people have been screwed in this era of cancel culture. You know, she's a 69-year-old wife of a, of a de decrepit old rock star. I don't find her that interesting, but I, and I don't find her that sympathetic. This, this, this is a, a little levity in my opinion. Sharon, this is from Yahoo. Sharon Osborne is demanding a refund for the $900,000 she donated to black lives matter. The TV personality made the statement while defending rapper Kanye West for his white lives matter shirt at parish Paris fashion week. She told TMZ, I don't understand why white lives don't matter. I don't understand that everybody matters, don't they? She says uh, that um, uh, she added Kanye has defended his top by branding Black Lives Matter a scam. Quote, we gave 900000 to that group and I would like my money back. Oh man, I was, you know, doing this show during this and warning everybody and reading from their own website. Uh, is anything, is anything, was anything easier to see coming than the revelations that Black Lives Matter is one big scam, one big grift? You, Sharon Osborne, you are a fool who deserves to be parted from your money. Imagine how much money she has. She gave almost a million bucks to Black Lives Matter. And we talked about a bunch of celebrities, John Cena and, and Ben Stiller and, and a bunch of corporations. Hell, every corporation, Apple and Coke and GM, just shoveling money for fear of being labeled uh, racist to BLM during the riots. During the, that while they were burning city blocks, they were demanding uh, payment from protection payment from uh, corporations and celebrities, and they got it. They raised $90 million, and the next time you see BLM spending money in the inner city to help black lives will be the first. They, 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 they spend money, all right, on mansions for their founders, for their leaders. The stories about all the scams. I mean, I'm still waiting for... Uh, for anyone to be indicted or arrested for scamming people. And I don't care if they are. I mean, anyone who donated to BLM is a fool who deserves to be scammed, including you, Sharon Osborne. Uh, although I, although I did find someone even dumber. I mean, BLM told you that they were Marxist. They told you early on, I realized they've changed their website and they lie about this now, but they were devoted to defunding the police. How's that look now? Uh, destabilizing the nuclear family and ending capitalism. That was their charter you know, two years ago when these morons were writing them checks, big, big checks. It's just, I mean, uh, I found someone uh, even dumber or should I say less sympathetic than, uh, uh, than Sharon Osborne. I guess if I got his name, 
Uh, check this story. This is from TMZ. Antonio Brown is being dragged to court again. This time, a man in Florida claims the whiteout sold him a bogus Richard Milley watch for $160,000, fully knowing it was a phony worth far less. Ryan Kane filed the lawsuit against Brown in Broward County earlier this week, alleging the NFL star ripped him off on the sale back on July 27th. All right, I have zero sympathy for Sharon Osbourne. I have even less for Ryan Kane. This is amazing. A guy, a grown, a guy has 200, 160 grand to spend on a secondhand watch. And he thinks Antonio Brown is telling him the, the truth <laughs> in the suit obtained by TMZ. Kane says Brown assured him the watch was real and said it had a value in excess of 400,000. And uh, first of all, it's the ugliest watch I've ever seen. I never heard, I don't know my watches. I never heard of Richard Mill or Richard Milley. But what kind of, how stupid do you have to be? Can you imagine if this, if he bought, you know, like if he went to a yard sale and bought a, a Timex from Antonio Brown for 20 bucks, I'd say he was a fool. Hmm. He bought a $160,000 watch and he thought Antonio Brown was telling him the truth. Do you have that? Do you have that picture of this watch? Tell me that's not the ugliest watch you've ever seen. Do you have it? I can, I can pull it up. Uh, I guess it's a, it's probably people, you know, in the know, think it's cool. It's hip. I don't know. Maybe it's a big thing in the hip hop community to wear a Richard Mill, Millie Mill watch. But what do you get out of it? You just get to show it off and say, look what I got. Uh, but he's suing Antonio Brown, who turns out to be not such a nice guy. Tom, Tom Brady's old, uh, Old tenant is a true scumbag, but uh, all right, let's fly. We got to get to this Fetterman thing because uh, we have to, we have new Fetterman sound or what do we have? Oh, good. We have some new Fetterman sound and we do, you know, as we do most days, but uh, there it is. There's the watch. There's another picture where it's more colorful. I think this, there's a colorful one and it's even uglier, but this moron. So this is a picture from the guy. Oh, no, it's a stock picture of the watch. But the guy, Richard Kane, or whatever his name is, Brian Kane, handed $160,000 to Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, there's just some victims of scams that you feel no sympathy for, and those are two right there. But uh, I'll tell you who I f else I feel no sympathy for, and I know he's a stroke victim, but uh, he shouldn't be in the Senate. He shouldn't be making decisions that could affect us for the next six years plus. I have been baffled, blown away by poll results or poll, just alleged polls, uh, political polls, uh, a lot this in recent days. I'm hoping they're they're wrong. You know, uh, you, you name it. They, they got JD Vance down in Ohio. They have. Uh, Herschel Walker trail, trailing in Georgia. I mean, the idea that anybody anywhere could vote for a Democrat with the after seeing the results of the last two years of the disastrous Biden policies is beyond me. I don't know how I don't know how there's one person out there who supports John Fetterman. He's a crazy, radical, lefty Bernie bro wants to open the prisons and legalize uh, heroin and, and shut down the energy sector in his own home state. He's the worst candidate in in American history, the worst. And he's leading in the polls. I guess that says a lot about Dr. Oz, or maybe it says a lot about Pennsylvania. But anyway, here's a guy who wants to be Senator in January, he wants to be a sitting Senator, one of a hundred, the most exclusive cl uh, club in the world. That guy thinks he's ready to be a Senator. And apparently so do, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of Pennsylvanians. It's just mind boggling. Again, you don't have to like Dr. Oz, but at least he can speak. You have to debate. You have to understand issues. You have to listen to people and you have to debate to be a Senator. He can do none of that. So the New York magazine, a left-wing rag does a puff piece about John Fetterman and what a regular guy he is. And they do the whole thing with the hoodie sweatshirt and the shaved head. By the way, they said uh, when he had the stroke, he lost weight. He's 6'8". Would you care to guess his starting weight, Ironhead? Um, 463. 
Not a bad guess. 418. He was 6'8", 418, allegedly, when he had a stroke and he was uh, struggling in bed. But he lost weight. He's now to two, down to 270, which I guess is a good thing, but he, that it reveals that massive lump on his neck. Uh, but uh, they do this piece, and it's just pathetic. It's about how, you know, he's connecting with every man, and uh, and they they mention, they go into details about the stroke, and how, you know, how he was recovering, and how he had to take walks. He couldn't uh, go on the campaign trail. So they do this whole puff piece and they mentioned like barely mentioned that they have a 50 minute conversation with him. They have quotes from him and from his wife. They said <laughs> the 50 minute conversation was the writer, the reporter from New York magazine typing questions into a computer, which he could then read and respond to because he couldn't understand her verbally. Um, the writer writes our 50 minute conversation in which I could see his eyes moving swiftly across the computer screen as he read and responded to my questions in real time included moments like the above, which he uh, I'll get to where it was clear Fetterman's vexation amplified his communicative challenges. Then he would relax and speak easy without hesitation until the next expressive bump quote, to have an actual domicated, he paused, excuse me, domin, dominated, he paused again, yeah, this is the stroke right here. Then he took a breath and said, documented, documented. Wow. So he's doing an interview with this magazine. They give him three tries to say the word documented, and they laugh it off like, well, just he's a stroke guy. He's you know, struggling a little bit. Uh and the whole thing, uh, again, is, you know, how he's doing so great. He's coming back. He should be fine. And Dr. Oz lives in New Jersey. You know, this is could have been written by his campaign staff, someone named Rebecca Traster. He's sitting down with a friendly media member, and he can't do a one-on-one -on -one question and answer 15-minute interview without her typing the questions into the computer and hitting send and like he's some kind of, you know, like he's like a, like a paraplegic, his eyes go across the screen and then he mutters incoherently an answer. In this piece, they talk about how he's ready to, <laughs> ready to go to the Senate and represent Pennsylvania. This is madness. He can't have a conversation. He can't talk. He can't listen. He can't debate. He's got, they got one debate allegedly like two days before the election. Cause he's says, cause he knows it's going to be humiliating. I'm you know what? He'll probably call in sick that day and there'll be no debates. That's his only chance. The idea that anybody, I'm not talking hundreds of, I'm talking one person could say, yeah, I want him in the Senate is insanity. What, a, what, a, I mean, again, Dr. Oz is not the greatest candidate, but you're going to go in the voting booth and check the box next to John Fetterman, a guy who is in this story. Talk about him drooling and slurring and stumbling and forgetting. And this is a pop piece. Ah, well, we'll see how it goes. All right, quickly. I know, uh, I know we're uh, short on time here. Ironhead, we're going to get to it, but I want to do these two. We want to do our NFL, our NFL update. We told you yesterday that on Sunday, uh, Grady Jarrett, uh, Brady, whatever his name, Grady Jarrett Grady. from the, uh, Grady, Grady, Grady Jarrett, Grady sack Brady in the Falcons Bucks game. And it was a crucial moment. Third down to uh, Falcons down six. I believe it was, uh, he just tackled them the way you're supposed to. Hey, I was a coach. This is how I taught you get, you grab them, throw them down. That's what you do. Didn't rough them. Didn't uh, hit them late. Didn't try to hurt them. The officials threw a flag. Jerome Boger made the call. I said it was the worst call ever. It was pathetic. It was, you know, f I guess following the Brady rules, you're not allowed to touch Brady. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for the NFL. They didn't apologize and say they got it wrong because, and they didn't even, you know, make the official available to talk about it. I declared it the worst call ever. And 24 hours, about uh, 30 hours later, it was topped. This was amazing last night in the uh, Kansas City Vegas game. And it was crucial. Again, the, 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 only way, the only reason they're lucky here, the NFL's lucky, is the uh, Chiefs. I mean, the, uh, yeah, the Chiefs pulled it out. Vegas didn't lose. 
But the call against the Chiefs, that's not the call. What are you playing? The the rough in the past is how you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about the rough in the past. Like Chris Jones roughing Derek Carr. Have you even read anything this morning? Have you watched uh, anything? Oh, then there was multiple last night because they called it on this too. Well, the that's a thousand times worse. Chris Jones was called for roughing the passer while holding the ball in his hand. <laughs> he sacked Derek Carr and stripped him, took the ball away, and they both went down on the ground and they threw a flag. And it was great because the crowd, which is pretty rowdy in Kansas City, went wild. And to be honest, there was about a half a dozen makeup calls, including a crucial hold on a field goal uh, on on the Raiders because they were make they were making it up to them. This call was incredible, and you know uh, if if the Chiefs had lost, if the Raiders had won, it would be a much bigger story. But man, they have to work this out. I cannot watch a game and understand what um, roughing the passer is. By the way, they made an they made a statement after the game. And defended it, said that Chris Jones like landed on. How I don't understand this logic. You you can't land on the quarterback. Okay, that's fine. What are you supposed to float? Is he supposed to fly? What is he supposed to do to, to avoid landing? He's tackling him. He's sacking him. He didn't hit him in the head. Didn't hit him late. What what <laughs> what is Chris Jones, a three hundred twenty five pound man, a stud? What is he supposed to do? He takes the ball away right here. I mean, how could this look at this? He's he absolutely pulls the ball away. The the point where they're calling roughing, which I guess is on the ground, uh Carr doesn't even have the ball. Yeah, he's the he's at the runner at that point. <laughs> what is cut right here? Tell me what is Chris Jones? How could he possibly stop and not land on Derek Carr? I understand they're trying to protect quarterbacks, especially 45-year-olds. But they, they, along with their explanation that he landed on him, put his body weight on him, I need them to say, what's the alternative? What was he supposed to do? But the Chiefs won friggin' uh, Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns and 25 yards receiving. <laughs> what a game. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes is a blast to watch. I was, I, I, you know, I... I can't help but root against the Raiders. I just always have. So I enjoyed it. They were down, whatever they were down, 17, nothing. Nice comeback. Patrick Mahomes is a blast to watch. Andy Reid's the best, the best play caller in NFL history. And uh, I look forward to, I think it's, uh, is it this week coming up? Buffalo, Kansas City, I believe. Buffalo at Kansas City. Man, that is a good game of the week. Check I that. Be, I bet, if, and if it is, I bet Montante doesn't pick that game. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right, but uh, we'll pick it anyway, even if it doesn't count in the standings. It's his job. I, so I left that up to him to pick the games, but uh, uh, I believe Chiefs, Bills, essentially playing for the uh, top seed or the uh, number one ranked team in the AFC on this week. Yep, and um, as of right now, Kansas City's getting three. Buffalo is favored yeah. at Kansas City? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. What time, what day? Uh, I need to know. Uh, 4.30 on Sunday. Excellent. That is a game. That's almost worth uh, skipping on Red, Red Zone and just watching the whole thing. Oh, right, yeah. Quickly, I got to get to these two because uh, because they're funny. These people make me laugh. But um, uh, if you missed it, Carolina coach Matt Rule, first uh, casualty this season. He was fired yesterday. See what he's got left on his deal, like $67 million. <laughs> If you ever felt sorry for a coach and said, oh, man, what a bummer, that's not fair, whatever. Uh, Matt Rule walks away with, I think it's, uh, how much does six years left or something on his deal? He'll get a job in college uh, 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 where, where he belongs, apparently. But he just walks, he's just a fabulously wealthy guy now. Seven years, sixty-two million, a fully guaranteed contract, and he's fired after what was it? Three years? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. So this is uh, Shalise Manza Young used to write for the Boston Globe, uh, and she writes for Yahoo now. And almost on cue, these people are just shameless. She writes uh, after he's fired, after rules fired, they named Steve Wilkes 
interim head coach, which pretty good gig. I assume he gets a raise, gets a chance. He was a coach in Arizona for a year. And as she writes, uh, uh, the owner, David Tepper, says, if Wilkes does an incredible job, he'll be considered for the job. No promises were made. And she writes, there it is. White coaches like Rule get seven-year, $62 million fully guaranteed deals and despite never coaching a day in the NFL, but a black man like Wilkes with 15 years on the NFL sideline has to do, quote, an incredible job to be considered. What, what's he supposed to say? He gets the job even if he sucks? Yeah, is, he, um, is, he ever, is this guy, like, ever applied for that spot? Usually that's how it starts. You start meeting people and talking, being like, yeah, I'll give this a shot, see if I hit it or something. But I mean, That's kind of what you do with an interim right. coach. She writes, the bar for black coaches who want to lead NFL teams is so high, even pole vault world record holder Mondo Duplantis couldn't clear it. God, I forgot what a bad writer she is. <laughs> the goalposts never stop moving for what a team owner or GM is supposedly looking for. No amount of Rooney rule tinkering has changed that. Uh, Wilkes had no choice but to take the interim role. What? If he hadn't, he'd have been painted as difficult or not serious uh, I wish Steve Wilkes had told David Tepper no thanks, but he had no choice but to say yes. So the poor black coach is screwed. Probably just had his salary like tripled and gets a chance to clean up the mess and win some games with Carolina and get the full-time job. But it's not fair because the white guy got whatever. If he goes 500, <sighs> if he goes 500 the rest of the year, he'll get a job. Yeah, I mean, and you know, get a chance, get a chance, and he could have turned it down if he didn't want it. But anyway, uh, before we go, let's get to Tiffany Cross. Where did I put that? Let's. Uh, uh, you want quality NFL analysis? You don't have to go to Shalise Manza Young. You have Tiffany Cross, who is uh, a uh, a talking head on MSNBC, a crazy liberal. I mean, Joy Reid type crazy. Hardcore, and she has Michael Smith, formerly the Boston Globe, now of I don't even know what. Black Lives what Matter. Is he, uh, formerly VSPN, just flamed out at ESPN. What does he do now? I don't even know where he is. I don't now. know, but all he does every single time I see him, he's talking about race every fucking time. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's the job. And I guess when you look at someone like you know Bamani Jones or or uh, Jamel Hill, they all, they just keep getting jobs and keep getting paid. If you want to play the race card, it pays. I'll give White them that. People. But, so last, last week, Tua got concussed. It was a very big deal. He's still out. It was his second concussion. We think the Dolphins were in trouble. The Dolphins are now in Teddy Bridgewater got concussed. So they're down to the third string quarterback. It was a big, big deal. And you're wondering how could we inject race into this the Hawaiian Samoan quarterback injured playing for the, I guess the white coach. It's hard to keep up with the conspiracy racist conspiracy theories, especially when it comes to lunatics like Tiffany cross, but let's listen to this analysis, this brilliant analysis from MSNBC. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and just for the folks outside of us who don't follow the sport as closely as you and I do, of course, I got to say, Mike, the optics just look bad. To see all these black men crashing into each other with a bunch of white owners, white coaches, and the complete disregard of black bodies and black life. I mean, it just represents a larger issue. Uh, and I think up. that's the problem. And with the NFL ratings through the roof, you know, I just wonder what um, what incentive do they have to just be better? I mean, you saw the whole Millions issue with black coaches, dollars. et cetera. So, but look, I, we're going to run out of time because I want to get your opinion on something else. I know the NFL well, is your jam. Go ahead, go ahead. What you, what you said. That's all I want to say. Go ahead. Okay, all right, all right. So he agrees? Yep. <sighs> what incentives do they have? Uh, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the idea that they would protect the white quarterback from, from concussions, but not the Samoan and by the way, Mike McDaniel, as we, we heard when he got hired, is a uh, is biracial. His father's black. So the coaches, and as we know from whatever, from Barack Obama and so many others, uh, if you're half white, half black, you're black. So the coach is black and the player is Samoan. But the commentator on MSNBC says this is another example of a white coach leaving a black player out there to get injured. 
man, the lengths they will go to inject race and, and, and racial grievance into these stories is amazing. And Michael Smith, you should be ashamed saying what you said. Michael Smith knows, doesn't he know that, that Tua is Samoan and that McDaniels is biracial? Doesn't he, I mean, doesn't he cover the NFL? And if you find yourself agreeing with Tiffany Cross, Michael, then you're going down the wrong road. That is just silly. But anyway, all right, we got to leave it there. Ironhead, uh, what did I miss? Anything important? Anything good? Anything no. uh, pressing? We Look at all these. Hit it out of the park today, Jerry. Great show. Yes, we did. We, we, we crushed it today. <laughs> anyway, we will leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening and and commenting and thanks to you Ironhead I'm Jerry Callahan this is the Callahan Show and we will talk to you again tomorrow shaking my head and thinking something ain't right is it just me am I losing my mind am I standing on the edge of the end of time am I the only one tell me Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.